I'm very pleased to welcome to the studio today someone who um, I saw a TED talk of his not so long ago on the internet blew my mind away because, you know, you often hear about people telling their stories and a lot of people's stories are great for them, but nobody else really is interested in their stories. Yours truly is, and I'm delighted that you're here in South Africa at the moment. His name is Yosef Haddad. He is the CEO of something called Together Vouch for Each Other, which we'll talk about in a minute. But he's also an IDF, Israeli Defense Force, combat veteran. He's a correspondent at I-24 News and a frequent commentator in the international and Israeli media on Middle Eastern politics. Now, anytime anyone is from the Middle East, they are immediately put in people's minds into one or the other camp. And we'll talk exactly about what uh, camps uh, various camps uh, Yosef's been in, but it is the most fascinating story, and I'm delighted that he's here today. Yosef, it's lovely to see you. Thank you for being in our studio. Thank you very much for having me here. So first of all, you are an Israeli Arab, which confuses a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people, especially here in South Africa, they think of these things as being completely binary, white and black, red and yellow, uh, Jews hot and, cold. and Arabs. Right, so they can't uh, conceive of the idea that there might be an Israeli Arab. There are lots of Israeli Arabs mm-hmm. in the in, in the um, in the the, the, state, of in the state of Israel. Of course, but there are also uh, a, a quite numerous uh, number of, of, of Israeli Arab IDF combat soldiers. Correct, and and this blows some people's minds. But obviously, by doing this, you just you, you make everybody mad. Now, not only <laughs> I'm making everybody mad, but it's actually the best uh, the best way to. Uh, to talk about what we call it the myth of the apartheid. Yeah. I mean, I was uh, uh, an Arab serving in the IDF as a commander over Jewish soldiers. Right. So uh, I've been a few days here in South Africa. And the first thing that I asked is, uh, would that something like this would happen in apartheid South Africa? And said, there is no, no way. way. No Absolutely. way. And uh, one of the other things that people uh, keep asking me, when I volunteered, because I volunteered to serve in the IDF, I don't have to. Uh, I'm not a Jew. Right. And as an Arab, you don't have to uh, serve in the army. So, but I decided. How, how to many Arabs do serve? So in we have. We, so so, let's let's give the numbers. There are two million Arab Israelis. Uh, we are twenty percent of the population. Right. And Represented uh, in parliament. Uh, of course, of course, yeah. of course. Uh, equal rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we vote. We get elected. Uh, I always say that if I want, I can nominate myself to become the president of Israel. Whether I win or not, that's a different <laughs> thing. But I can do right. that. Yeah. Um, so uh, in the IDF itself and in the national service, there's two uh, uh, two uh, ways to serve actually in the com- in the in the, in the country, and both of them uh, is done by voluntarily, not uh, obligatory, not mandatory. So. Give you a little bit of numbers. If you go back 10 years ago, for instance, that just shows us also how, how there is a huge progress in that uh, aspect. If you go uh, 10 years, in the national service, national service where you serve in the police department, fire department, hospitals, paramedics, in the uh, defense forces, mm-hmm. 200 Arab Israelis volunteered every year. Today, 10 years later, you have over 6,000 Arab Israelis every year volunteers to serve. Most of them coming from the Muslim community. Now, if you do a quick math uh, problem, you would see that within the next 10 years, and that number is going from a year to year, it's you would have growing. tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of Arab Israelis actually serving in the national service. In the army, we have thousands. I'm one of them, as I said. You have actual uh, units who are uh, 
designated for the Arab-Israeli society because it's easier for us, not because they want to separate us. I served in the Golani Brigade, which has uh, Jews and Arabs, and I myself was a commander over uh, Jewish soldiers. And one of the uh, questions that I keep uh, asked about is, so how does it, uh, how, how did, how was it as an Arab to be in the IDF? And I always bring the uh, story of my soldier. When my soldier came to me and said, Yusuf, do you know why we respect you and why we will follow you and why we will, got you, we will have you back no matter what? I said, why? He says, I'm a Jew and my service and me being here, I have to do it. I am obligated to do it. You chose to do it. You volunteered. That's why me and my other friends in the unit respect you even more. And whatever you will tell us, we'll absolutely get your back and we will do it. And I think this is the most important uh, thing to talk about when it comes also to the partnership between Jews and Arabs in Israel. People think that it doesn't exist. No, exactly. It exists every day in Israel. It's just the media and the social media doesn't want to bring that story. They want to bring other stories. I mean, that's why I introduced you the way that I did, because for many people, it's just anathema to imagine that, you know, you could cross these various categorizations and identity mm-hmm. groups, especially, you know, how big identity is in 2023. And people immediately put you in a box yeah. and they assume all kinds of things about you. Mm-hmm. And quite apart from what you've already told us, which is just the tip of the iceberg for your story. I mean, you're sitting here and you had half your leg, your foot blown off. I mean, you lost your foot. They had to reattach it. Miraculously, they yep. did. You are now healed. I mean, it took you a long time. Yeah. But this was in combat. Yeah, in Lebanon. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, if that isn't a sacrifice, if that doesn't prove that, you know, this is, this is something that, that means something to you, I don't know what does. But a lot of people he, can't he, understand this. Here's the thing. When I went to Lebanon, and the rumor in Nazareth, I'm from Nazareth, the largest mm. Arab city in Israel. Right. The rumors in Nazareth, Yusuf Haddad is going into Lebanon. He's going to fight in Lebanon. One of my friends calls me and he says, Yusuf, I, I heard that you're going to Lebanon. Is that right? I said, yes, I'm on my way right now. And he goes like, how does it feel? I said, how does it feel what? He goes like, how does it feel go fight your Arab brothers? I said, I'm not fighting my Arab brothers. I'm actually fighting the terrorist organization Hezbollah. Mm-hmm. The call ended by agreeing to disagree. Okay, which is where most people finish. So, <laughs> but there's a continuing to this story. So I got injured very badly. And in the hospital... That same friend came and visited me. What did he say? You know what the first sentence he said? It's not even hello or how are you or get well or whatever. The first sentence that he told me is, Yusuf, I understand. Do you know why he said that? No. When I was in Lebanon, rockets, Hezbollah rockets, fell on my city, the largest Arab city in Israel, killed babies, injured dozens. 44 Israeli civilians were killed by Hezbollah rockets. Half of the casualties were Arab Muslims. When I was in Lebanon, I wasn't defending the Jews. Mm. I was defending my country, my society, my city, which has Jews and Arabs. I was defending the Israeli society. And the terrorist organization, whether Hamas or Hezbollah or Islamic Jihad, Backed up by Iran mm-hmm. They don't differentiate between us no. Their missiles will hit both of us Arabs and Jews who live in Israel 
And that's the bottom line. And they want, that's they, what want, he said they want to hit as many people as possible. This 100%. is the whole point. We, we saw in May 2021, literally Hamas launched 4,300, more than 4,300 rockets into a uh, 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 the uh, population, which means they targeted civilians and they killed Arabs and Jews in May 2021. Now, I can already hear people starting to say, oh, this sounds like propaganda. You going Facts. around doing this. Yeah, but, but you know what people are like, right? I, and, I understand that. And but I, facts I, don't care about your feelings. I agree with you. I'm, I'm totally in the same court when yeah, it yeah. comes to this stuff. But you know people are going to say, oh, what's, uh, what's this guy doing? He's basically become a spokesperson for the state of Israel. Why would he do this? Who's paying him? You know how people are. Mm-hmm. They immediately assume that you must have ulterior motives, that somehow you're not honest. There can't yeah. be – you can't possibly as an Arab you know man – be saying these things because Israel is this evil state, especially in this country. I'm afraid Israel gets all the heat mm. and none of the love. And many South Africans believe they're on the right side of history by backing the Palestinian cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they couldn't understand a guy like you. They'll try to dismiss you, exactly. first of all, or they'll try to break you down and say that you must be talking nonsense. So let's break down a couple of things here. Right. First of all, we must come to a solution and end the conflict between the Palestinians and the Israelis. That's number one. But second. Is that everybody's goal? It w- depends who you're asking. Right. It depends who you're asking. Right. But the majority of the Israeli society, yes. Of course. The majority of the Palestinian who society. Wants to live in perpetual war? No. Right. And the reason is, right now you have Palestinians under a terrorist organization, Hamas, who literally get funds from Iran, which... We know that Iran wants to destroy Israel, which means Hamas exactly want to do the same thing. They're actually the puppet of Iran in that area. So as long as, for instance, Hamas never or don't recognize Israel as a Jewish and democracy and mm-hmm. democratic state, we will never move on to the next stage. By the way, same as for the Palestinian Authority. Now, some of the people would say, oh, but the Palestinian Authority, they are willing to recognize Israel. No, no, no. First of all, it's also lie. Second... Do you know why for 20 years we didn't have any election or the Palestinians did not have any election? It's longer than 20 years now. It's what, 24 years? Something that, like this. You know that why? Mahmoud Abbas has been in uh, power. In power. Do you and know before why? that, Yasser Arafat, again, no elections for a long time. Exactly. And why? Because if they do that, they were going to lose the election to Hamas, which means we're going to have Gaza in the West Bank, which means, again, you understand that today, unfortunately, the other side is not a partner for peace. So the obstacle is not Israel. The obstacle is the Palestinians. But let's shift back to me mm. and to the people who talks exactly what you mentioned. Yeah. There's a reason why they do that. You know, I've been touring the, uh, uh, the world, speaking about Israel and about my experience as an Arab who live in Israel. <laughs> and I know that I arrived to a place where I won the debate when three things happened. Either the person in front of me starts cursing at me or shouting at me or shouting while cursing. <laughs> so so you, I understand that the person in front of me doesn't have anything to actually a, a, a add or yeah. contribute to the, to the conversation. And or a good argument against or good, it. Or a good argument against it. And, and there is a reason. Because they don't. They lie. And when I come with the facts, and as I say it, facts, they don't care about your feelings, yeah. the only way they can justify 
their presence in front of me is by shouting, I'm a token, I am a… They have to play the man, not the ball. Exactly. Now, but surely there are people in your life who have considered this some kind of betrayal. Friends, people who you grew up with. But they're a minority. But how do you respond to those people? Do you try to win them over or have you given up on them like they've given up on you? So we need to understand I don't give up on anybody. Cool. That's… That's that's what your organization, uh, Together Vouch for Each Other, exactly. is actually all Our about. Our organization, Together Vouch for Each Other, is an organization that works to bridge gaps between Jews and Arabs in Israel and right. make the Israeli Arab society an integral part of the Israeli society. Right. We fight extremism on both sides. And the craziest part is that our own existence, my own existence, makes it very problematic for mm. them to continue their agenda because <laughs> we're actually proving the minority extremists from that side and the minority extremists from that side that one, the majority of the Jews are not racist and the majority of the Arabs are not terrorists. Because you get it from both sides, right? Of course. You get uh, Israeli Jews who think this guy can't be trusted despite the fact that you've commanded, you know, mm, Israeli course. soldiers, of course. Uh, Jewish Israeli soldiers under your, your aegis that, that People are, are no, it's are, because they're racist. Let's put it on right. Uh, they're confounded by this, but they're a minority. Right. It's always the smallest group on either side, Ex- but they make the biggest noise. Exactly. And because they make the biggest noise, it <laughs> yeah. seems like they are the majority. Mm. But do you know why they make the biggest noise? Because they know that they're minority, and they want to make sure that people think that they are the majority in order to control the narrative. And another thing, mm. those two groups they need each other. Imagine if one of them is gone, what will happen to the other one? The other one no need for them. To complain about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's why those groups are really frightened from our own existence because we are the ones who are actually doing the, the work against them by just doing our work, not even talking to them. And you know, you said that, have, have I given up on them? Do you want a crazy story? Hmm. I went to speak two crazy stories actually that will show you how I will never give up on anybody. I went to speak in front of a, a Jewish prime in, uh, 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 pre-military school. Okay, it's a it's a it's a it's a school that you do just before you go and 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 go to the army. It was about a few years ago. When I entered, I was already starting to get a bit known in Israel. One of the Jewish kids comes to me. He's you know with a yamaka on his head. Uh, he goes, "I googled your name and I found out you're an Arab. I want to tell you that for me." All Arabs are terrorists. And he added the sentence, uh, a good Arab is a dead Arab. Hmm. Now, the easiest thing to get frustrated, mad, curse back, or whatever it is. But what I did is very simple. I asked him a simple question. How many Arab friends do you have? Try to guess the answer. He had none. None. Hmm. I said, sit down, listen to my lecture. In my lecture, facts matters. So I presented the facts. I got my presentation, I showed the stories, backed up with facts, and, and, and I give tons of them. At the end of that lecture, this kid comes to me and says, I'm sorry, I, I really had no clue. I had absolutely no clue about no- nothing you said. Put this kid aside, I'm not done with him. I went to speak in high school in Nazareth, my city. Once I entered the school, the class, Two kids came to me. One of them said in Arabic, Yusuf, inti akbar khayin, which means, Yusuf, you are the biggest traitor. The Jews don't like us and they don't want us here. They are racist. Same thing. Hmm. I asked, how many Jewish friends do you have? The answer is similar. Zero. 
same idea. Sit down, listen to the lecture. At the end of that lecture, I came to that kid and said, listen, I have this organization that works the bridge gaps between Jews and Arabs. This is your way also to meet Jewish friends and to get to know a little bit more about this you know, society. The bottom line of these two stories, the kid that called me a terrorist, the kid that called me a traitor, today both of them volunteers in my organization and they're very good friends. That's yeah. why I will never give you up see, on anybody. I, I, I love this story. And when I watched your talk, you actually mentioned both of these people. Correct. And I, I'm sure they're not the only two. There are probably many others. Oh, of course, of course. It's, it, it strikes me as important that, first of all, this is how things should be because there doesn't seem to be a downside for anyone in this. It's not like an accommodation. It's not like you have to – either side has to give up some huge part of their personality or their identity or their tribe or anything else. But the thing to be gained is – an extra sense of belonging, which mm-hmm. is what a lot of people want. And what I'm absolutely amazed by here is that we don't hear these stories outside of Israel. We don't hear them because, as you've said, there is a, a, a large kind of push by media of all kinds, mm-hmm. uh, particularly those who are you know, in some way bent towards the left or the right, that they don't want these stories out there because their whole purpose for existing is to separate people as much as possible 100%. as opposed to bring them together. A hundred percent. When, when you come to a place like South Africa, where we've also had racial divisions, um, and you see organizations talking about Israel, either that make no sense at all to you because you've actually seen it and understood it and experienced it yourself, or you hear people saying great things about Israel that also aren't true. Uh, does that drive you as crazy as when I travel the world and people say things about South Africa? You know something? When I see false or twisted facts about any place, mm. this is something that I can't agree with. I can't because I, I know how, how it feels mm. when you lie about a country or you lie about a society. And the fact that unfortunately today the um, what we call the fake news era – yeah. It exists everywhere. You, we're seeing it. And it's easy to do it as well. You don't need much. You don't need any more TV. You have the social media. Every platform today is a, is a platform for you to spread your message. Now, who is actually checking those uh, messages? Unfortunately, the social media platforms, they're not doing their job uh, on the best, uh, best side. So you see people lying, and I cannot accept that. Now, I'll give you even further than that. If some people have a legitimate criticism towards my country. And as I said, legitimate. Sure. I'm the first one actually to acknowledge that and said, you know what? Let's talk about it. I, I mean, actually there's, a, have there's, a a, there's a big discussion going on now about the judiciary. Correct. And it's, it's making headlines all over the world and Correct. it's being positioned as, you know, this good and bad fight by various organizations, media ones, depending on their bent, whether they're left or right. Exactly. But essentially, this is an internal Israeli situation, which you could take either side on. Not only that, but for me, it proves one thing. Israel is a democracy. Look what's going on. <laughs> yeah, there were protests the in the street. Look at the protests right. and, and, yeah. and, and the massive even protest. And mm. you'd see that there's a strong saying of, 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 of Jews and Arabs in Israel against or with. For instance, I can tell you, I am with the judicial reform, but more balanced. And I've spoken about it. And what's so amazing, when I spoke about it on my social media, you would see people from the, le- from the left and from the right actually saying, you know what? That actually makes sense, this balance. I can agree to that. Right. So I guess what I mean that the fact is that we are able to say what we, what, what we, what we want and what we think. This is already a huge check for Israeli democracy. Now we make, we need to make sure that it maintains like this. That's why I do oppose the extreme uh, reform 
but I am in favor of some balanced reform right. measures. And people are agreeing on that. And I really hope that eventually also if the government and the opposing side, uh, the opposition, will sit down together and come to understanding because Israel is above everything. What about the, the groups, the pressure groups all over the world? There's, there's a large <laughs> pro Palestinian lobby here in South Africa. You know what? It's anti-Israeli. Uh, it's not even pro-Palestinian. I right. don't call it pro-Palestinian. I mean, B- They're B- actually B- making harm to the Palestinians so, more than so they're making anti-Israeli. B- BDS. So anti-Israeli organizations. Then I, I accept your terminology here. B- BDS. I yeah. mean, w- 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 these people are opposed to even the existence of Israel. And <laughs> I mean, th- that's not giving much of an option, right? You, you, you know, um, <laughs> I, I came to South Africa. I got a call from the uh, South African uh, Zionist Federation, and they told me, Yusuf, apartheid week is here. We want you. I said, I'm there. I'm coming. And we started our journey here by literally uh, just going to the apartheid museum, for instance. Mm-hmm. And when you see BDS organizations, anti-Israeli organization, anti-Palestinian organization, that's how I called them. They're anti-Palestinians. Because what they do is outside of Israel and outside of the West Bank and Gaza, they're sitting in their comfortable houses in New York or in London or even here. And they are pushing a narrative, an agenda that harming not only the Israelis, harming more the Palestinians. Mm. But you know why? But do you think that they really want to solve the conflict? Well, then they're out of business. Exactly. Okay, but in this country, there are, there are lots of people who support them because maybe they're ill-informed. They're not Maybe informed. they've already chosen their side and they'll back them no matter what. I've met. What, what, is the, what is the best argument against these organizations and, and, and what they seek to achieve here? Let me tell you a story that uh, a friend from here, hmm? from Johannesburg, told me. Okay. He said, all my life, people are telling me that Israel is an apartheid state. And I was asked to come and visit Israel. Knowing that Israel is an apartheid state. Yeah. <laughs> when I went to Ben Gurion Airport, when I landed there, I needed to go to the toilets. So I went to the Israeli officer and I asked him, where is the toilets for the black people? <laughs> because he literally thought that Israel is an apartheid state. And the officer looked at him and laughed and said, what are you talking about? The toilets are based on gender. So pick your gender and go to, <laughs> go to the toilet. This is exactly the brainwash that those organizations are doing to people who are not informed about the conflict. And I actually have the proof for it. A few days ago, mm-hmm. I was in New Zealand. And I actually was at Auckland University. I came out after I had a very uh, good talk with some of the professors, allowing me to come back to the uh, university and speak in front of their uh, students. So while I was going out, I, uh, I saw that there is a Palestinian club of the university trying to recruit more students. Yeah. Now they didn't know who I am. <laughs> so I went there and I said, okay, recruit me. I want to be part of your organization. And I don't know anything about the conflict. So I start asking questions. I asked the simple question. Is there apartheid in Israel towards Palestinians? And the executive representative that was there said very confidently. Yes. Confident. Yeah. yeah. Yes, there is. I said, okay. What is apartheid? I'm just not familiar. Do you know what she answered? Oh, I, I, know, I don't know the exact definition. Let, let me pull it out from, from Google. So you don't know the definition of apartheid. You claim that Israel is an apartheid state. But then the conversation went even further. 
And then you would see me asking her tough questions until I revealed my true identity. And, and she was then? shocked. Now, all this was videotaped. 23-minute conversation. And the 23 minute, those 23 minutes proves one thing. Some Palestinians go to the end of the world and literally recruit people, local people, without even knowing the basic thing about the conflict and make them just anti-Israelis. And that proves, that video proves it. I urge you, everyone, go and watch the video. You would be shocked. You would be shocked. There is a component of, of, of all of this, though, that is, that is almost, you, you can't argue that it isn't intentional. Of course. Like whether it's media, whether it's political interests in various parts of the world, because you don't see a lot of uh, favorable attention being given to Israel. Uh, Israel's always the aggressor. Um, whoever they're fighting must be the oppressed and the victim. And this is playing into a lot of narratives that are very politically popular in the world right now. Yeah. Um, do you think that that is Israel's fault for not communicating properly? Or do you think it's the, the nefarious fault of people with, with bad intentions? It's all of it together. By the way, uh, speaking about the 23-minute video of that person mm. that I spoke with, when I issued uh, on my social media that I'm going to uh, present that video, the student club, the Palestinian student club in New Zealand, issued a statement saying that I threatened that student that executive person in, in the Palestinian club, and she felt threatened, and I was aggressive. Now, here's the thing. There's a video that actually proves otherwise. She stood up, and she is the one who shook my hand warmly with two hands on my one hand. And you'd see that it's, you see, you, and you, like any logical person would say, there's the statement, and there's the video, and I see actually the truth. But for them, it doesn't matter. For them, it doesn't matter. Don't, Even trust, you, don't trust your eyes. Exactly. Me. Trust what we, we yeah. say. The same idea here, you know, categorizing me and, and painting me as someone who is uh, aggressive, uh, you know, uh, threatened and all this. It doesn't matter for them that the facts exist in front of their eyes. Now, that's why when I said everything, all of it is, is there because, yes, Israel has failed. Israel has failed to pass the message. Israel has failed to, to show actually the reality, whether it's in Israel, whether it's in the West Bank or in Gaza. They mm. failed. And that's why uh, uh, works of organizations like the organization that brought me here is important, like my organization, like other organizations, the work that you're doing right now, but allowing me the stage to actually speak about do my you, reality. Do you, have this trouble, is do you have trouble finding people who would give you a platform to speak? Have you had threats? It's, it's a rhetorical question, of course. Of course. Not only that, <laughs> but you know, I was in uh, London uh, a month ago. Mm. A Palestinian organization tried to cancel every lecture that I had. Now, they did not succeed. I went through all my lecture. But they won't put a, 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 a you're talking about uh, threats. They've literally put a wanted ad on the streets of London. You're kidding. I have a photo. <laughs> like it's I mean, all it's, back know, to facts. This makes me think of, of, of Salman Rushdie and the, the fatwa. It's, a, it's yeah. kind of, it's the same thing. I needed five bodyguards just to go to a, a, a lecture in a university. Five bodyguards. Just to talk. Just to talk. Outside of the university, they do 250. You must be very dangerous. You must have very dangerous, <laughs> very dangerous things to say if they try to stop you with yeah, that the, many the, bodyguards. The truth. Yeah. The truth. And, and, what, and what do I say? I just share the reality. Apartheid state, why, it doesn't exist. Why, why do you think anti-Israeli sentiment is running so high in the world today? Because I felt 
for a long time when I was growing up that that wasn't the case. Uh, somewhere in my teens, I started to pick up that it had become fashionable for white Western people to denounce Israel yeah. and to take the side of, of whoever was on the other side, whether it was you know, Lebanon, whether it was Gaza, whether it was West Bank, whether it was Hezbollah or Hamas or whoever it might have been. Because Israel is a strong country. Because Israel has a strong army. Because Israel as a state, you know, we, 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 we are a strong country in every aspect. And by the way, when I say Israel is a strong com- uh, country, it affects the Arabs who live in Israel. That's why we are also successful. You know, we are, we are 20% of the Israeli population, but we are 30% of the doctors in Israel. <laughs> 50% of the pharmacists. Wow. We, 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 there are, it doesn't mean that there isn't challenges. No, of course. There of are course. challenges where and there will exist be, and, and discrimination exists. And there'll be certain places where there's an imbalance in the demographics, of but course. that doesn't mean failure. Of course, of course, but that's, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to pass the message. First of all, if you think that I'm here to sell Israel or to say that Israel is, 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 is amazing, uh, perfect. Well, it's perfect. It's utopia. No, it's not. No, it's not. And, and I have suffered from racism as well and discrimination as well. But do you want to tell me that here in South Africa there isn't discrimination and there isn't racism or in the is. United States? There is. Unfortunately, it's everywhere. So if you want to, if you want to do that, let's, let's, let's really do that to the all countries, not just to Israel, but the reason why Israel is, is targeted. Okay. Because you know, you cannot, you cannot disattach from the fact that Israel is a Jewish and democratic state in a very bad area. Well, how many other states in the Middle East are none. Dem- democracies? None, 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 none. none. Don't, don't let anybody feel you. Based on the organization Freedom House, an organization that categorizes every country, whether they are free or not, whether they are democracy or not, Israel is the only country in the Middle East categorized as free. The next countries in the Middle East had 44 points out of 100. Israel has almost 80. Yeah? And they are not categorized as, as free. And by the way, people are asking me, why as an Arab, you are, uh, you are so passionate about uh, Israel as a Jewish and, uh, and democratic state? And I said, well, you know why? It's very simple. Because I see around me in other Arab states, you yourself right now, look at this mouth. I can't shut up. And definitely, I won't stop saying whatever on my mind. If I was living in any of all those other countries around us, I would be dead in less than a minute because yeah. of my mouth. If I criticize any of those governments, the Palestinian Authority, Nizar Banat, is a political activist Palestinian from the West Bank. He criticized the Palestinian Authority. The next week, he was found dead. Everybody knows that the Palestinian Authority killed him. Hamas would do the same thing. They're doing it. They are doing it. But I live in a country that allows me to speak and criticize my own government if when I want. And that's why I will always fight for Israel to be Jewish and democratic state. Not just this and not just this. Together. And I'm the proof that it's possible for an Arab Israeli to be successful in a Jewish and a democratic state of Israel. And you put your life on the line for that belief. I, I, I do that because we don't have any other alternative. We've been going in one direction and, it has and our leaders, been. Arab leaders in Israel are mm. taking us in that direction and we are seeing where we're going. It is time to go for a different direction and I'm going to give you a good news. Five years ago, I started by myself. Today, I have hundreds of volunteers, thousands of members and tens of thousands of followers to our organization or our work. Arabs and Jews in Israel, we are successful. But do you know what I need? Three things. When you hear voices like us, support us. 
Don't be skeptical and be patient. It will take us time. But if we do those two things, we will do it. We will do it. Yosef, I, I think that this is um, a, an extremely moving story and you speak with real conviction about all of these things. So I have no doubt that uh, there will be people who will uh, take your message at face value and say this is amazing. Tell me about this Together Vouch for Each Other organization. I mean, there might be people all over the world who want to support, not be skeptical and give you time. So Together Vouch for Each Other is an organization that I founded five years ago. Uh, it's coming from the Arab-Israeli society, from the young generation, men and women. Muslims, Christians, Druze, and also Jews. Yes, we are an Arab-Israeli organization. But we wanted to show that everybody is welcomed. And what we're doing is basically just to bridge gaps between Jews and Arabs. Program, projects that we bring together, Arabs and Jews in Israel, to speak, to talk about the hardcore issues that we have in our society. But we do it respectfully. And we hear each other. We listen to each other. And we find the balanced solution. It exists. And I, I know it because I see it throughout all those meetings. But we also do activities that shows the world about the partnership between Arabs and Jews. You know, um, about uh, three months ago, we were in Dubai. And, you know, with the Abraham Accords, it opened us. Uh, well, you, you couldn't go there as an Israeli I, citizen, no, right? No, no, no. As, as an, as an, an Arab, Arab Israeli, Israeli couldn't I couldn't go, yeah. go to the Emirates. Right. And I mean, finally, wasn't it true that uh, you couldn't even fly above? If you no. were, if you were in, in an LL plane, you, no. there's no way you can go over that part of the world. No, you can't go over that part. And, and then the, the Abraham Accords came and it opened a lot of opportunities. And because we're Arab Israelis and because our mother tongue language is Arabic, we have so many opportunities to do business as well Absolutely. in the Emirates and, it, and we are actually taking that, uh, that opportunity and doing it. So we were there about three months ago during the International Holocaust Memorial Day. And what we did is we brought Arab-Israeli delegation to meet Arab Emiratis, first of all, just to talk about uh, the cultures and to share different cultures. It's for, for, for the first time I'm actually meeting Emiratis and therefore the first time actually meeting Arab-Israelis from all communities. And after all this when we literally shared our cultures, then as Arabs, we did a ceremony in Arabic to commemorate and in the honor of the 6 million Jews who were killed during the Holocaust because it was the International Holocaust Memorial Day. And you know what the craziest thing was? An Arab Emirati singer sang the Israeli national anthem and an Israeli Jewish singer sang the Emirati national anthem. Five years ago, this would have been unheard of. Five years ago, it was unheard of. But you see, when we do that, what happened is because we broadcast it and we show it to the the world and and because I work on on I-24 in Arabic as well, Mm. the Arab world also sees that. And people more and more talking, wait, wait, is this really happening? All our life, we're hearing that Israel is this. Now you're showing us that Israel is a different way? Wait, wait, I want to I wanna understand a bit more. And that's how we're changing people's mind as well. We're doing that. We are changing people's mind. People who are who were ignorant about the conflict or about what's going on in Israel. And suddenly they're seeing it and, as uh, an evidence. As you put it earlier, I mean, if you ask someone who's prejudiced either way, w- whether they have friends on the other side, they will always say no. But the more of these connections can be built, whether it's in business, in friendship, or in anything else, the, the better everything will get for everyone. Even, but, even with the anti-Israelis. Well, well, this is what I wanted to ask you about, because there are still powerful lobbies inside of Israel and just outside of Israel who really are not looking like they'll change their mind anytime soon. Are hearts and minds starting to change? You know something? Um, 
one time I spoke in front of a, an audience that largely was anti-Israeli. Hmm. I told them, listen, I don't expect to change your mind in 45 minutes plus 50 minutes Q&A. <laughs> but what I want to do is I want to make you ask tough questions. Not only me, but the people that recruited you or the people that made you hmm. anti-Israelis. And then one person, one person came and said to me, Yusuf, you did change my mind in 45 minutes. That one person will create a chain. And that's why it's worth it. And that's why I will keep fighting. And by the way, this is another part of my organization, what we're doing. Just imagine, you know, you're talking about the apartheid. Imagine you are facing four Arab Israelis from the Druze community, from the Bedouin community, from the Christian community and the Muslim community. And you're telling them Israel is an apartheid and us who live in Israel tell you, <laughs> dude, no, you, you got it wrong. Now let, 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 let us show you why. Men and women, right. by the way. Yeah? Yeah. So you see, they, they cannot handle this. They cannot handle the truth. And that's why we will continue, whether inside of Israel or outside of Israel. How's your foot? Ah, I play. I, did you call it soccer here or football? Yeah, football, soccer. We know. We know. Either. Ah, I'm, I, I play football again. I play football again. The best doctors, Arabs and Jews, took care of me. <laughs> it, it is. It is. I mean, the best partnership you can see in Israel is if you go to the hospitals, because you would see an Arab doctor treating a Jewish patient, and you would see right. a Jewish doctor treating an Arab patient. You would see Jewish and Arab families in the same room. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm journalizing everybody. Obviously, they're anti-Semitic and racist, yeah, but the majority course. are together. And uh, my sister, when she had a baby. In the same room, we had a Jewish family uh, next to us. Do you know why? How they how they were uh, happy that they they had an Arab family uh, in the same room? Because they know in uh, fifteen minutes the knafi and the baklava is coming. That's the best Arab dessert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they were like happy. Oh, yeah. great! <laughs> well, the the language is not that dissimilar. The cuisine's not that dissimilar. That part of the world has been cohabited by people since the dawn of time, since all of human recorded history. Yeah, and it's about time it 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 became. Less of a place of conflict in our minds and more of a place of reconciliation and, and a place where we can all come together. Indeed. I love what you're doing. I think it's extraordinary. And I think that there are many reasons that you have hundreds of thousands of people on social media following you. I will be one of them. Uh, you've also been named one of the top 40 digital influencers for Israel by JNS and the top 100 people positively influencing Jewish life by the Algemeiner. Now, those are just a few of the things. I mean, there's many, there are many more things that you've done. But I can uh, only say that it would be a great pleasure for you to come here to South Africa again soon. Inshallah. And share your stories with us. And hopefully more hearts and minds will be converted, not to a point of view, but to the ability for people to share the world and to get along and to make a difference. Let's start by just open a dialogue and respect each other. From there, trust me, the next step is easy. How do you think we're doing in South Africa? <laughs> we need to improve. All of us. All of us. I couldn't say it better. Thank you so much, Yosef. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure to have you here. As well. Yosef Haddad, everybody.